Welcome to the rewatch of Succession and Yellow Jackets. I gotta say, I forgot how different this show, Succession, started. And it was so many years ago. It's crazy when you look back at a show before they had the money. You know? It was a lot darker. The set, they didn't have as many elaborate sets. And then the show just takes off and becomes this glossy, gorgeous, stunning masterpiece. I actually had thought forever that Succession Season 1 was uh, the funniest. Like, the funniest in terms of the dialogue. Like, the dialogue and the beats and stuff. I could really feel Will Ferrell's influence on it. Um, but yeah, let me just, let me just dive right in. So if you're new here, this is She Speaks It All. I am the host of She Speaks Bravo, but I speak it all, baby. And I'm going to be doing a whole rewatch from season one, episode one of both Succession and Yellow Jackets. As this evolves, I'm probably going to get quite a few guests on here to join me because it's fun to do rewatches and I, I need a fix. I needed to go back in time and watch succession again, just to kind of relive it now that we know it's over. And it's always fun to go back and watch a show that's been on for years and see like what seeds they were planting in the beginning, you know? So let's get into it. We're going to start with succession. We open succession in a dark, room and there's some guy saying where the fuck am I where the fuck am I and it's Logan and he pees in what he thinks is the bathroom and Marsha flips the light on and is very nice she's like we're in the new place we're in the new place open like doing this paints a perfect picture of Logan and where he is in life. You know, he's old enough to be peeing in the wrong place. And also Marsha, because I thought it was an interesting choice that they chose Marsha and didn't give him some like, like young, leggy, hot blonde. They went with this woman who to me ends up being the most terrifying. Marsha's scary. You're like, ooh, like when we start to get into it, she comes across like this sweet, loving person when we first meet her. But damn, she comes out and she's like got a little shiv ready to go. She's like, I will cut you, bitch. I'll slit your throat and I'll just walk away. If you hear my dogs barking, please forgive me, but I, I can't, I'm not going to put them away. They're, they're too happy where they are. But then the next scene is Kendall in the car with his headphones. It says everything about him. They do such a good job presenting these characters right away. Kendall in the car, rapping along to a Beastie Boys track. It's perfect the way they have, they start us off where we can hear the music that he's rapping to. And then they cut that music and just, <laughs> Kendall, Jeremy Strong rapping, and he of course sounds ridiculous. And then there's the driver in the front who's just there to like hype him up. You're the man. 
You are the man. Kendall's line as he gets out is, this is it. This is the day we make it happen. So we're like, what's it going to be? He actually, he gets out. I completely forgot this happened. He gets out of the car. He lights a cigarette, takes a drag and goes in. The credits with the theme song, the intense piano. It's such an intense kind of haunting piano, aggressive piano. And the credits are perfectly confusing and dark. And you're like, I just know this is one of those creepy rich families that has lots of secrets. It's And of course, the credits are so fucking loud. I don't know. Like when you watch The Office, the same thing, Parks and Rec. For some reason, when credits come in, they say make them 10 times the volume of the rest of the show. So they get to the meeting. There's this meeting Kendall walks into. And we don't know any of the players yet. But the guy that Kendall's meeting with, with his team, says there's going to be an issue. And Kendall's like, what do you mean? Your business is the shiz. <laughs> that just says so much about Kendall that he's that guy that uses this ridiculous jargon. And they, they only just evolve on this, right? They only just make it more and more ridiculous. But this guy that they're doing business with says, I'm not going to let you bloated dinosaurs rape my company. Fuck you, daddy's boy. And then Kendall, he's like, what happened? What happened? So he follows the guy out and they're by the elevators. And Kendall's like, no, no, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. But the guy's like, fuck you. He gets in the elevator. He leaves. And then the team that was in the meeting, they all like swarm around Kendall like, what are we going to do? And one of the guy goes, <laughs> the guys goes, do you want to call your dad? And Kendall goes, no. Do you want to call your dad? Do you want to call your dad? Okay, good. None of us want to talk to our dads. <laughs> then Logan calls. <laughs> and he obviously like shrinks, shrinks down. He's like, hey, dad. Uh, hey. So now we get the dynamic. Now we get daddy's boy. He's clearly going to be trying extra hard to prove himself. Okay. We all know this type of guy. And Kendall says to his dad, because they've made some decisions on numbers. Also something we're introduced right away is not understanding what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to the business side of it. Right away, we're like, what? I don't know. I'm just, I'm happy to go. I'm happy to be along for the ride. But he says to Logan, I'm going to 120. So that's good. And there's like a silence. And then Kendall says, and are we still good for the announcement? There's gossip getting floated. And Logan is withholding is, you know, you're, you're getting a bad vibe. You're like, uh Oh, and then it's his birthday though. He goes, Hey, happy birthday, dad. Then we are introduced to Greg. And as much as I didn't like literally forget this, I, it's just been so long. His character has come the furthest in terms of like status in life to where he is now. And his trajectory makes complete sense. The guy who doesn't deserve to be as cocky as he is, but he's like, well, I'm a cousin. But so we meet Greg and he's doing one of those one hitter weed things and he gets stoned. And then they cut to him 
wearing like one of those character costumes with like the head off and he's watching this training video and it's Logan and Kendall being like, here at Waystar, we believe in customer first or whatever. So then Greg puts the suit on the next he's like walking around doing the, hey everyone, and the kids start jumping on him and being terrors and he's getting nauseous and he pukes and they have the puke come out of the eyes of the fucking character that he's in oh my god they're like he's peeking out of his eyes and then they cut to him calling his mom and he's he's like so um this kid he smoked a joint in my car i i, I picked up a hitchhiker this morning uh have you ever heard ever seen a doobie <laughs> just started smoking weed in my car so she tells him Get a flight to New York City for Logan's birthday, but you got to wear something nice, okay? Like a blazer. He's like, a blazer? And they cut over to Kendall in the office. It's interesting that that, like, that's how quick they introduce this. Like, okay, she just says, go to, go over to Logan's and just be like, hey, I'm a cousin. And he does. Okay, so Kendall's in the office and we meet Roman. But before Roman comes in, they introduce Roman by first sending in this guy who's going to sage the place. He's been sent for from Roman. He's like, I'm just here to do some office saging. And it's <laughs> ridiculous. And then Roman walks in. And he goes, what's up, motherfuckers? And I'm in love. I'm immediately in love. And Kendall gives him this look. You know, he's kind of like serious. He's like, are you are you doing OK? And Roman immediately we are we we're we're explained all of this so perfectly i'm just so impressed with how they introduce all of these dynamics through the dialogue he says i mean i mean obviously why would you even ask that oh oh here oh here oh oh please i was never going to be a corporate cocksucker they stuck me in la with old father time right here frank we were the pool boys right frank and frank's like mm. and then you i immediately go okay frank Frank is the guy that earned his spot and he's been putting up with this little spoiled brat for however long and just hates him, just hates him. And then Roman makes fun of Kendall for going to 125, which again, no real clue what the hell they're talking about. Maybe some of you business people did, but I was like, okay, just here for the ride. 125 sounds maybe like a high number, not sure. But then Roman congratulates Kendall on stepping up He's like, yeah, please, man. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone on the street's talking about how Kendall's taken over. So now we know. Okay, cool. Something's happening. Kendall's taking over for dad. Obviously, Kendall cares about his dad. So the stakes are now where they are. Got it. Then we're over in Logan's house. and It's just surrounded with help. And there's someone cleaning up his piss stain. And he sees the cover of Forbes with Kendall on it and it says the air with the flare and he's like oh and then Logan leaves and tells Marsha exactly how he wants to be surprised he knows that he's having a surprise party <laughs> which is fantastic so good next we meet Shiv and Tom and they're in front of this jewelry store and she's on the phone with her assistant talking about or not on the phone. I'm sorry. It's in person. She's talking to her assistant. 
But Tom, he needs advice over what gift to get Logan. And it's perfect that he's like, her husband, who still needs to get in with his dad. We don't yet know what Tom's going to be like. Tom feels quite lovable at this point. Awkward as hell, but still. But he knows it's very important to impress Logan. And it's a birthday gift. And she just says, get him something that looks like it's 15 grand and he'll be happy. Back Kendall in the office, he is strategizing with his team. He's eating a burrito. Looked delicious. That burrito looked fucking good. And he's talking strategy. But he's like the man, right? He's got kicking his feet up and he's putting his feet on the desk. And then Logan comes in and he doesn't see. And everyone is all stiff like, oh, my God. And it's they put Logan in his Logan's casual outfit was somehow more terrifying than his scarf or his suit because he has the hat, the scarf, the jacket. It's disarming. It's like too casual for him. You know? And Logan brings this paperwork that he needs them to sign. And he's saying that it's Marsha being added to the trust. And Kendall looks nervous and suggest he's like, should I, should I maybe do, do I need to talk to a lawyer? But then Logan just stares at him and it's pretty clear he has no choice but to sign. And, and, and then Kendall says to him, I may not be able to make it to your thing today, your birthday. You know, I'm trying to close this deal. Or, or, or do you think I should? I mean, what do you, and then Logan puts it on him and says, it's your call. Just priorities. There will be many more birthdays. And it's like the best mind fuck. You can see like, oh, he's like this. He's going to put it on Kendall to make a decision. And then we know what happens, right? Then we meet Connor, and he's just talking to some kids about how someday water is going to be more precious than gold. And Roman makes fun of him. And Shiv and Marsha actually have quite a friendly exchange. And it feels a bit unfamiliar knowing where it turns, knowing what it turns into. But they actually seem quite pleasant. We establish Roman and Shiv's relationship because she hugs Shiv. I mean, she hugs Roman and she goes, oh, what is that? Date rape by Calvin Klein? And he goes, you wish. And then she's like, you wish. <laughs> they just cut. <laughs> they, they cut over to Tom. And Tom's looking like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> your sister <laughs> I love it they cut to Logan being bombarded with journalists on the street asking about like the takeover and blah 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 Greg now is in the lobby of the building so as Marsha as I'm sorry as Logan is being like brought in through the army of reporters uh greg is standing there in the lobby and he's like hey logan and colin the security guy pushes greg up against the wall <laughs> greg when he's up against the wall he's like uh happy birthday and many returns <laughs> my uncle sent me my mom told me to come oh god it's so funny <laughs> logan just like I was like, okay, come on, let's come upstairs. And then the shot of Greg and Logan in the elevator. Because <laughs> Greg is so tall. 
<laughs> and fucking Logan's so short. And Greg is telling him, he's like, okay, so then I got sick out of the Dodgers' eye holes. And then I felt <laughs> they fired me. <laughs> so funny. Then the surprise happens. And he calls Roman, Romulus, look at you. And then he says, where's Tom? And Tom is right there. And he's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> and then he's introducing he's introducing Greg as Craig. He's like, cousin Craig. And I'm actually surprised Shiv's like, isn't it Greg? <laughs> so Tom, it's a through line that Tom keeps trying to present the gift. But then someone will come and interrupt and Kendall comes in. Kendall walks in and Logan goes, you came. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to miss my dad's birthday. And you can tell Logan's like, that was not the choice. You're you're not a killer, which he'll say later, right? You're not a killer. And everyone is congratulating Kendall. Like he sees everyone being like, congratulations, congratulations. And you can see him going, nope, I'm going to fuck this up. So Kendall takes a call. And runs off because he's he should not have left. Truly, he shouldn't have left. But he's so afraid of Logan and doesn't know if that was the right choice or not because he wants Logan's love. And this will eventually be his downfall. It's amazing. And Logan goes to Roman. He says, hey, so I heard you went down there. How was it? Meaning the office. And Roman's like, it's a shit show. So it's like, fuck, damn. Like, everyone's against Kendall. And for some reason, we're, I'm already rooting for Kendall. They've done it. I don't know how they've done it. Maybe it was just me, but I feel inclined to root for him and want him to get these things. He feels like the protagonist. Kendall's in, in the room with Frank. I love Frank. Like, I fucking love Frank. Frank and Carl. The first time we get a glimpse of Kendall's, like, business riffing, like when he does the headline riffing, He's like, okay, boom, I take over, boom, acquisition, there we go. But he will eventually do some amazing monologues where it's just like business jargon. I can't wait to get into those. Shiv tries to talk to Logan about him taking over Parks, but Connor interrupts to give him his gift, which is in a Tupperware container, and it looks just like goo, and it's, it's a sourdough starter. And Roman perfectly tilts his head and goes, amazing. <laughs> Logan's like, oh, old bread. Thank you. <laughs> Kendall tells Logan uh, that he's scheduled a call at four. And there's just this hesitation from Logan. So we're getting the vibe that whatever Kendall thinks is going down, it's not going down. Rava comes in with the kids with Logan's or with Logan's with Kendall's kids and he Kendall bends over and he goes hey kids sorry I haven't Skyped in a few days <laughs> that's that's such a <laughs> douchebag thing to say to your children then Kendall talks to Rava and he's he kind of suggests them going to dinner but she's hesitant and he's like oh wait are you seeing somebody and she says, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no, good. that's good. That's good. That's good. And she says, I just hope this one doesn't leave Coke smeared all over the kids' iPads. And I'm like, oh, busted. 
Rava's like, it's a big coronation day. Big coronation day, so enjoy it. Don't worry about it. So much hype for this big takeover from Kendall. Logan then calls the kids to give him two minutes. But Greg is pushy AF. He has no shame. He says he talked to his grandfather, who said that Logan should help. And and Logan goes, oh, anything for my brother. Just get him to ask. And you could tell Greg's like, okay, he kind of said he hates you. So this is, um... But then Logan's talking with the kids and Roman is on the, on the chaise upside down listening. He te- Logan tells him that he's giving Marsha his voting seat when he passes. And Shiv puts that together. And it's just so interesting how businessy it is. Shiv's like, I'm going to talk to my lawyer. And Logan says, by four. Good. And as he walks out, he says to Kendall... I'm actually going to give it a couple years as CEO of the firm. And Kendall's like, what? And Logan goes, I just said, son, or were you not listening? So the announcement now will be pending events. And Roman is living for this. Roman is in heaven. Connor leaves and he's like, I don't want to engage. I'm water. I flow. Whatever you guys say, I'll go with. Kendall tries to get Roman's phone because Roman is then like texting people and they get this really cute brother moment where he's like hiding the phone behind his back and Roman's like, whatever, get off me. Kendall's like, give me your phone. And he says, Kendall goes, you're going to give your vote to a power hungry maniac who will do anything because she's got our dad's dick and some supermax pussy grip and she's juicing him before he croaks. Great line, great dialogue. Marsha turns the corner and goes, guys, lunch is coming up. So Kendall storms. It's a great shot. It's a tracking shot behind Kendall's back or in front of him. I can't remember. But he walks all the way through and then bursts through the doors in the dining room where Kendall's alone. And he's like, you fucked me. And Logan's such a smug prick. He goes, I changed my mind, Kendall. It's me. But hey, three years ago, you were still in the nuthouse. Rehab dad called rehab <laughs> and i'm in recovery <laughs> logan i'm just concerned you might be soft and he says that kendall read weak to the tech guy he's like i didn't re- i didn't read weak he's like it did read weak logan says i hear you bent for him and he fucked you and kendall says i didn't want to get all big dick competition and logan says sometimes it is a big dick competition you left the room You left the deal. And Kendall goes, to come to my dad's birthday because I don't know how many more there will be. And Kendall, or sorry, Logan hates being reminded that he is human and not going to be, not going to live forever. He's mortal. He's a mere mortal like the rest of us. And then Logan says, five years, maybe 10. And Kendall is pissed. And Logan says, it's my company. And Kendall's is in, you're running it into the ground. He does this really good speech and he's balling up his fist and Logan sees him balling up his fist and Logan goes, do you want to hit me? Go ahead. And he goes, are you going to cry, Kendall? And then he gives him a speech about how he's not ready. And then he, this it's, it's good blocking 
because he does the speech as he rounds around the he's like saying it as he walks out and then he just opens the doors and yells lunch and that's it kendall you're done kendall goes to the bathroom and trashes it i was surprised he cleaned it up kind of and then the scene at lunch where they do we'll see quite a bit a bit of these scenes where they're in a dinner scene and they kind of just give like conversation chatter around to give to give character and and um nuance to the whole group shiv compliments marsha on how great the day is and she says thank you and then roman goes "Ooh, kissing up to double vote power mom she's like shut up roman frank gives a speech he says the fifth largest media conglomerate in the world friends to prime ministers I arrived to give him business advice 30 years ago, and I never got out that door. Establish Frank. Okay, long-standing. He's known Logan forever. Now he's got to put up with his fucking kids. And then Logan says, I think it's time to play the game. Greg says, what's the game? And Shiv and uh, Roman just laugh at him. But we don't ever see the game. They just then smash cut to everyone leaving. And Greg shamelessly asked to jump in Logan and, and Marsha's car. <laughs> then they're in fucking helicopters. They're all taking helicopters. Like the world, it's just such a big money, almost dangerous feeling world for the, for most of us mere mortals who don't have billions of dollars in the bank. Shiv's reading the paperwork though, and she gives Kendall a look. I'm sorry, Roman a look and just shakes her head like, nah. Or maybe it was Kendall, actually. Tom still has his gift in his in his lap. He's just holding onto that gift because he still hasn't given it to Logan. And then Roman is in, that's right, Roman is in um, Logan's helicopter. And Logan talks to Roman about giving him the vote or giving the vote to Marsha. He's like, I really want this, son. I really want this. And Roman says, oh, what's in it for me? And then Logan says he wants him back in the company. And you can see this, this feeds Roman's smashed ego because clearly he was pretending earlier that he didn't care. And so this is now Logan's trick as he, as he, as he waves this power in front of them. But then Roman's like, Hey, you know, it wasn't fun with Frank over there in LA. I, I don't want Frank over me. Logan goes, is this about the film thing? And Roman goes, Robot Olympics? No, this isn't about one brilliant idea. <laughs> Robot Olympics <laughs> was the name of whatever film they're talking about. Logan to Marsha, she looks he looks at her and says, You okay? And she just nods and says, Sure. You? And they just exchange looks. It's haunting. Then they they get to this location where they're just gonna play some softball. I'm like, this was their lunch. This was what Kendall thought he was just going to go to lunch and do. Like, no, dude, you should have never gone there. Logan talks to Shiv about joining the company. So now he's legit pitting everyone against each other of the siblings. And she says, well, I want the top spot. And he offers her a job essentially right above Tom. And she says, her face is like, oh. 
But then Tom presents the gift and he opens it. It's a watch. And, and, and he goes, Tom goes, it's a Patek Philippi. And Logan says, yeah, it says Patek Philippi. I'm probably butchering that name. And then Tom says, it's incredibly accurate. Every time you look at it, it tells you just how rich you are. And he laughs. And Logan says, that's very funny. Did you rehearse that? And Tom is just laughing out of nervousness. And Logan hands the gift off to whoever, like, security person and says, okay, let's play ball. And Shiv gives him a look like, no, you did, you did good. And he's like, okay, I did good. Kendall, Shiv, and Roman, they go talk off to the side. And it's decided. We, Kendall goes, we say no to the trust, full block. We say stability, stick to the plan. I take over and you two under me co-presidents. And Shiv goes, under you? And Roman says, can we think about it? Yeah, I've thought about it. Fuck you. So Kendall, why do I want Kendall? Like, why immediately do I want them to give it to Kendall? I don't know, but it feels like I want them to. But I also love, at the same time, love how Roman plays him. So it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell what I want in this world. But I I feel like I, I think Kendall should get it. But I love that Roman doesn't want to give it to him and that Shiv thinks he's an idiot. It just plays, it just explains so much about the dynamic. And especially the way the show ends and Roman has that final speech where he's like, we're fucking nothing. We're jokes, dude. We don't run companies. We're jokes. Tom talks to Greg and we've only met Tom and seen Tom up to this point as like a a kind of a loser, but he's suddenly got this power over Greg, over Greg. He's like, hey, new kid, if you need any help, just don't fucking bother. And Greg's like, what? He's like, I'm razzing you. I'm joking. He's like, the thing about me is I'm a terrible, terrible prick. And Greg keeps going like, what? He goes, I got you again. Pals? Yes. Would you kiss me if I asked you to? If I told you to? Would you kiss me? And Greg, he's just have no clue what's happening. Kendall hits a ball when he's up to bat, and then he just gets on a call instead of running to the base. He hits the ball and then picks up his phone and walks off. So then Roman asks the kid to join. And this is sad. He's, he, yeah. But Kendall is on the phone with someone, and he and he's walking away. He goes, I know, yeah, Kendall Roy. I know Kendall Roy. He's saying Logan's lost it. Some board members and senior management say that they want him out. Just say a source close to the family. So you figure out, oh, he's like literally calling to put headlines up to make Roman, to make uh, Logan look incredible. Shady. Then the kid is at bat and Roman's like, can you hit a ball? If you hit the ball, I'll give you a million dollars. And this whole thing where he writes, he's writing out the check and Shiv's like, Rome, don't be an asshole. He's like, what? I'm fucking serious. What? (sighs) And then the kid hits the ball and runs the bases. But Tom tags him out. And Roman is cracking. He's like, oh, my God, you were so close. I'm so sorry. And then he rips up the check right in front of him. Brutal. But Kendall has now gone back. He'd hopped in a helicopter and he's back in the office. And Lawrence is the name of the tech guy. And he tells Lawrence, oh, man, sorry, I heard the other offer fell through. And 
Kendall throws, he's like, now it's 140. And we know the 125 was bad. So I'm like, what's 140? And it's got all kinds of perks. And Kendall starts to kind of insult the company a little bit or insult Lawrence. And Lawrence goes, easy. I still need to take it. And Kendall says, no, you have to take it. If you don't, we'll see you in court, dude. <laughs> Colin, back at the softball thing, Colin has that family sign NDAs. This will become a huge through line. Then Logan fucking tells Frank, it's time for a new role for you, Frank. Light duties. And I can't tell if that Logan thinks that the press piece that was put out was from him. And Frank's like, after 30 years, you know what you, you know, you are what you do, Logan. And then that's it. Frank, I'm, but I'm, I'm, my guess is that that's what he thinks. That's what Logan thinks happened. Like the press piece comes out or did he just do it for Roman? I can't tell. Roman. Okay, guys, anyone else notice this? Roman keeps calling someone honey, a woman, honey, and they have a, and there's a kid there. Why does it feel like he's got a wife and a kid? I don't remember this at all, but he keeps going, honey, honey, yes. And there, and she's got a kid. So was the original plan to have, was this just a girlfriend or was this an original plan to like have him have children? Does he have children? I completely forgot about this. But then Logan is on the copter and says it's past the deadline. I'm assuming that's four o'clock, meaning the four o'clock deadline. Roman asks if Frank is gone and he says, yes. And Connor says, I'm going to do whatever Shiv and Roman say. And Shiv's like, well, it's not a good offer. And they both agree it's not a good offer. Sorry, Dad. And then Logan starts to have the, the stroke or whatever. And he's like saying things that don't make sense. He's like, Kelly is going to sell some figures. They can, they can grasp. What? And they slowly are realizing something's wrong. They're like, Dad, Dad, Dad. And their dad collapses. But then we go over right away to Kendall in like the business huge windowed office setting and Lawrence gets off the phone he goes did you hear the news and Kendall's like deal and they shake hands like he's like oh my god great news great to hear it and then Lawrence goes no the news I was talking about is your dad just had a brain hemorrhage but you just invited me to the chicken coop and without daddy around I'm gonna eat you alive then Shiv calls Kendall and said, if you could get here soon, that would be good. And then we're in the hospital and Marsha and Shiv and Roman and Tom are all looking so somber and Logan's all hooked up to machines. It's huge. Then we get like establishing end of episode shots. And one of them is the kid at home, the one that Roman fucked with. And they like pan out and the watch that tom got logan is in the house so i'm assuming they gave him that as like a consolation prize or maybe um logan did the episode ends with all this like overlapping news of all this like news reports as the camera the camera pans out and we get this full view of the city almost in silhouette as all these overlapping news reports are like going over each other and that is the end of the episode it's Crazy how different it feels and how far we're about to, to, to go with them. 
I'm excited. I'm really excited to go back through these, all these episodes. I was going to do episodes one and two, but there was just so much meat in the first one that I was like, I'm just going to do one and we'll just go one episode at a time, baby. But now are we ready for Yellow Jackets? Let's go. So with Yellow Jackets, it's a little bit different than Succession because it's only last year. And I maintain that they planned on doing a mini series, a limited, a limited series, because it's such a flushed out, interesting concept, but they didn't think the rest of it through, which is why I think season two was so weak because we open on a girl running through the snow barefoot in like a nightgown. And we hear these whispering voices through all the trees. And she gets to this area that has like skulls and bones. And she falls into a trap. And it's the shot of the girl like who fell on these spikes and there's blood. And then there's someone in this super scary mask that looks down at her. Okay. Creepy as hell. But I'm so intrigued, right? And then there's a series of interviews talking to, sorry, for my, if you hear my dogs barking, just try to ignore it. There's a series of different interviews talking about missing girls in a plane crash. And there's a reporter, excuse me, and she at one point says, so what do you think really happened out there? And they said, those girls were special. They were champions. And I forgot that we got this awesome soccer game where we show like there's like this hero music going in the background and they're kicking it back and forth to each other and they win with a headbutt goal. So I forgot that they really did establish them as absolute monster champions of soccer. And then we get this, the shots of Jersey. So welcome to New Jersey sign, lots of establishing B-roll shots of like different various parts of Jersey. Then there's this making out finger banging scene where she fakes an orgasm and the guy tells her, I fucking love you, Jackie. The guy's hot. And she doesn't really say much. And then he goes, okay, my turn. And the smash cut to her brushing her teeth because she just gave him a blowjob. We meet Shauna, who is in her car listening to like emo rock and she's journaling and she sees the guy climb out of Jackie's window and Jackie gets in the car. And Shauna's like, what happened to no distractions before nationals? And Jackie talks about how Jeff is a virgin, meaning the guy she was just with. And Shauna's surprised. She's like, he's a virgin? And Jackie's like, well, yeah, he's been with me since we were freshmen. And Shauna's like, yeah, but you've broken up 10,000 times. And Jackie says, never long enough to count. Bloop. For what we're about to see, we know what happens. Cut to present day Shauna masturbating to pictures of... I don't know 100% because they cut over, they're cutting in over to pictures of what looks like her children, but maybe it's her as a kid. I can't tell. Then she does laundry and she has to clean shit off underwear. So I was like, oh, okay. So she has a sad life or does, that's how they're presenting it. They're presenting it like she's not happy. 
But then that reporter that was interviewing everyone comes to her house, Jessica Roberts with the Star Ledger, and Shauna goes, I don't talk to reporters, but you probably know that already. <laughs> Jessica talks her into letting letting her in to like plead her case. Shauna is over it. She's like, we were there for 19 months, and that's the end of the story. And Jessica says, I think we both know there's more than that. And Jessica is there to get Shauna to write a book and offers her seven figures up front. But Shauna is like the one who's moved on. Like that's Shauna's vibe. Shauna's like, you know me, I don't, I don't even talk about this anymore. And Jessica says, is this really how you pictured your life playing out? And Shauna's like, you fucking bitch. She's like, you don't know my fucking life. You don't know anything about it. So Jessica just leaves her card. So as an audience watching, I see why I got sucked into the show. Because I was like, ooh, what, what is it? Tell us. It must be bad. It, it's, a, it's a very classic trope that they're doing here it's not a not a new concept that there's like the person who doesn't want to talk to reporters but there's some juicy story so they create this obstacle for us as the audience which happens all the time but it's very effective very effective and they're doing it well it's well acted then they cut to this shot of someone meditating the back of someone meditating on this beautiful cliff and it's juliette lewis i love juliette lewis I just, she brings joy to my heart. I love her. And someone comes up and goes, Natalie, it's time for group. And as she walks towards whatever direction she's got to go, they splice in shots of this bloody girl getting dragged through the snow. And it's this group of them in these crazy, creepy costumes, like woodsy devil worshiper people. And they're raising up the body and then someone goes over and cuts their throat. Now we're in group at the rehab and it's Natalie's last day. And she's got her little monologue where she says, find a purpose. I used to think all the drugs and the drinking, the sex, I used to think I did those things because of what happened out there. What I saw, what I did. And then some girl named Ariana interrupts and goes, oh, my God, what did you do? You literally never told us. <laughs> I thought that was important that they put in. That was very smart that they put that in there because already I'm like, all right, guys, what is it? But then Natalie ignores her and just goes, but the real reason is much simpler. After they rescued us, I lost my purpose. And thanks to my time here, I finally know how to get it back. Cut to 1996, Natalie drinking out of a paper bag and some like, you know, behind a building and these guys drive up and like, hey, burnout, show us your tits. And the friend like throws something at the car and they come running after them. It's like, okay, establish who they are. They're in the locker room, the whole soccer team and Shoop is their hype song, which I'm obsessed with. Okay. Like, thank you. Nostalgia hitting all the points for me here. Van, Ty, and Lottie talk about how important nationals are. This is a group this is a group of serious athletes. Okay, they don't fuck around. 
Jackie gets called to a meeting with the coach and he's like, you're the team captain, you're the leader, you need to bring everyone together, keep them motivated. So, okay, she's got her intention. Then there's the pep rally and the soccer team is the thing. Like the other sports do not do half as well, but like the soccer team, they are the shiz, as Kendall would say. Current day though. We got Shauna, who's just vacuuming, and there's an ad for Thaisa Turner's senator campaign, and it makes her like, she's like, what? And then they cut over to Thaisa doing a photo shoot with her family, and the reporter goes, man, after everything you've been through, it gives me chills. And Thaisa's face says it all. She's like, okay, yeah, we don't talk about that. Then back in the soccer time, back in the in the 1990s, the girls talk about the game strategy. And Ty wants to freeze out this freshman because she sucks. And they're like, that's fucked up, Ty. Or Natalie's like, that's not cool. Okay, that's not fucking cool at all. And then Ty's like, whatever. And they get into this fight, you know, because they're very passionate about the game. And Ty says, and for the record, you smell like a wino. Get your shit together. And Natalie says, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> At soccer practice, we meet Coach Scott. He's filling in for their regular coach. And Ty is being really hard on Allie, the freshman, because she wants to show her if she's going to be here, she's going to have to learn to play under pressure. And so she's like kind of body checking her and being tough. But then Ty goes, oh, God, I'm getting sick just thinking about it. Oh, God. Ty goes in to like take her legs out basically to block the ball. And it not. Oh, my God. It, it her bone sticks out of her shin. I forgot that they showed it like that. Oh, it's sticking out of her leg. We meet Misty. We'd seen Misty at the pep rally, uh, but she's running over to apply pressure to a bone. To a bone. Ugh. It was rough. Now we're in the locker room and Jackie tries to pep talk everybody, but Ty- Natalie's like, nice work, Thaisa, and storms out. But you see Jackie's like, I'm trying to be the leader here, guys. Current day Shauna, we meet her daughter, and her daughter's like your typical teen on the phone. And Shauna's like, I, can I please talk to you? And then her daughter's like, fine. Okay, what? She goes, I'm making meatloaf. <laughs> She's like, okay, mom, thanks. But dad is working late again because he's having problems with some database at work, whatever. Okay, got it. And then her daughter's boyfriend comes over and they head out and just leave, leave little Shauna looking sad. Like, this is my life. Young Jackie and Shauna, they're getting ready to go out to the party and they're kind of getting in a fight. And Jackie, Jackie goes, Hey, Randy asked about you. He told Jeff to tell me to tell you. And Shauna's like, are you fucking kidding? I'm not hooking up with Randy, Randy fucking Walsh. Okay. Then they're at the party. Very, very great. It it feels, it reminds me of um, Days and Confused. It has that energy to it. If you haven't seen that movie, you got to watch it. 
because someone's smoking weed out of an apple and they're just like beer bonging and shit. And Natalie and her friends, they get hooked up with drugs. I'm assuming it's acid. And they cut to Natalie in present day. She gets in a taxi right when she gets out of the rehab. And she's like, man, how many people go straight to a bar when they leave here? And the driver goes, do you want to go to a bar? She says, LAX. So at this party, the like little teen party, Shauna just watches Jackie and Jeff. And Jackie's like being adorable and Jeff's kissing her and Shauna just watches. And then right behind her is Randy, that Randy guy doing a beer bong. And he's like, I dedicate that to you, sexy lady. I'm like, oh, no wonder she want to hook up with Randy fucking Walsh. Shauna says to Ty, I admire your resilience. You can come here even after you've crippled someone today. And then they obviously fight about that. And then Natalie comes over and Ty's like, fuck off. Don't you have a bong to hit or a dick to suck? And then Shauna goes, you can't talk to her like that. And Natalie goes, oh, please, Shauna. Last time I checked, you were fine with all the freezing her out strategy. And then Shauna and Ty almost get into a fight. But then Jackie comes over and she goes, enough yellow jackets with me now. (laughs) I was like, I want to be a yellow jacket. Okay, where are we going? Let's do it. And Jackie, they're like, she's giving them this speech. She's like, I don't know what the fuck that was, but I do know that it's over. Everyone line up. And then she makes them go down the line and pump each other up, say something good. So Jackie starts and like pumps them up and they split off. And now they're all saying something nice. And Natalie goes, I like your pilgrim hat because she is tripping. And <laughs> I think she's talking to Lottie. (laughs) Jackie says to Shauna, Jackie says this to Shauna, okay? Like, take this in. She's like, you're the best friend I've ever had. You know that, right? And Jackie's like, come on, let's get you home because Shauna's drunk. Shauna was, that's kind of why Shauna started the fight. She was drunk. She goes over to Ty and she's like, eh, you feel good about yourself? So, Natalie is tripping. She's looking at the fire and she's tripping. And while she's tripping, they slice in this like tribe of woods people eating the body. And one of them has these like antler heads. It reminds me, did anyone see True Detective season one? That haunted me. Haunted. I thought the show ended kind of annoying, um, like it went on too long. But it was that show fucking traumatized me. So Jeff drives Jackie and Shauna home, but Jackie, Jackie's like, you need to take me home first. Okay. He's like, what do you mean? Shauna's is on the way. And she's like, I don't care. I need to get home before curfew. And Jackie gets out of the car to go inside. Shauna gets in the front seat. And then they have this moment where Jackie's walking off in slow motion. And then she turns around and her and Shauna have this eye contact moment. And then Shauna tells Jeff, As he's driving off, she says, pull over. And they start kissing. And he goes, I thought we weren't doing this again. And they fuck in the back of that car. And Shauna goes, if you come inside me, I will raise it out of spite so that it can hunt you down. And this must be the kid that she goes pregnant with. But then she makes, she's like, tell me you love me. I won't hold you to it, okay? Just say it. 
And so he has to say, I love you while they're fucking. Girl. Current day Shauna is out in the garden and she kills a bunny and just washes the blood off her hands. So we're like, oh, okay. Got it. This is fucking nuts. And they show photos in the hallway. Like, you know, people put family pictures up and it's her and Jeff getting married. That same hot guy, Jeff. And she goes to this safe, Shauna, in her in her closet. The safe will become important. And pulls out notebooks and things and a phone to call someone. We're not sure who. She's holding up the card. So it feels like I'm like, oh, she's calling the reporter. And then she just says, we need to talk. And then a cover of that song, Never Tell Us Apart, plays. I don't know who the, who does the cover, but it's a great haunting cover. And it's them getting ready to go to nationals, like packing things up. Natalie's smoking in whatever trailer she lives in. Lottie is sitting at a at a table and like some some maid comes and brings her medication that she has to take. Van wakes up her drunk mom off the couch. Misty watches a rat swim in the pool. And Shauna gets an acceptance letter. I think it was to Brown. So they're, this is where their lives were at the time that they're about to get on this plane. The coach's sons are joining. They're being forced to join their dad, the the main coach, Javi and um, the other one's name. You know what? You know what I'm saying. We'll get to him later. Then they're on the plane, and Jackie gives Shauna a Valium and a good luck charm, like a friendship charm. Then they cut to current Shauna, and she's waiting in the coffee shop, and you're like, oh, she's meeting that reporter. But no, it's actually Thaisa. And Shauna tells Thaisa about the reporter not having anything online. She's like, I looked up this reporter. There's no articles from this report. It's just weird. And Shauna also says, Thaisa, we agreed to stay out of the public eye. If someone's digging, we are all fucked. Take care of it. And then Shauna asks if she's talked to Nat. And Thaisa says she's out of rehab again. Again. And Shauna says, and you haven't spoken to anyone else? Thaisa says, not for months. And Shauna says, then we're fine. As long as no one goes crazy, then we're fine. Cut over to Natalie, who has now opened up the storage unit. And she's getting a gun, a shotgun, out of the trunk of the car that's in the storage unit. And you're like, okay, what's happening? And then we meet this guy who like owns the storage place, we find out, Dave. He's like, nice ride. He says, people have been wanting this storage unit, but as long as the bills are paid, that's good. And Natalie's like, yeah, it'll be good to reconnect with some old friends. One of the people in that like woodsman tribe now, we're back in the in the woods. They walk like up with a plate of bloody meat. Like they're walking up like there's there's fire and there's these people sitting like on a altar, I guess. I don't know what you call that. And this person walking up with a bloody plate. Like these these shots are so not explained, but they're so insanely crazy looking that you're intrigued. You're like, what? 
tell me now, but obviously the, the, they make these sounds, the fleshy sounds they use when they're eating flesh. So like that part creeps me out, but it still is intriguing because it's so scary. And we meet modern day Misty. Christina Ritchie crushes. She's in her nurse outfit and she's a caretaker to this woman uh, who is a pain in the ass. She's soiled herself and she knocks her tray over. And Misty turns around and says, I think the morphine might be upsetting your tummy. Let's skip this dose. And then she leans in and says, don't fuck with me. (laughs) Misty walks to her car and Natalie is in another car watching, watching Misty. Back over to the cuts, like cuts of the woods people. And then Misty is the one who removes one of those masks that they have on. And they pan out of the woods to just show how fucked they are, really. Like, they're, like, in the middle of mountains of woods. Then we get the plane crash. And I forgot that um, Jackie sleeps through it because they were on the Valium. But it's scary. It's crazy. I already have a fear of planes going down, so I hate plane crash scenes. And they quick cut before they actually crash. So it's like, they're going down, they're going down, they're going down. Cut! So I'm totally hooked in for episode two. No wonder I was obsessed with this show. I was like, we need all of the episodes now. So they did a, I think the first, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm going to criticize some of the things in the first season. But I didn't think it would go the direction it did in the second season. And I stand by the fact that they had no idea where to go. They were like, we were only planning on doing 10 episodes. So what? But okay, how much fun is this rewatch? I'm enjoying it. I'll just do it for me. I don't care. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get guests on to join me. I'll make it fun. This was just a good first one. I'm literally sitting on my bed with all of my stuff packed up because tomorrow's moving day. So I needed to sneak this one in while I had the chance. So hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening to She Speaks It All. If you're not already, please subscribe. Give me a little five-star rating just to get the algorithm finding me and picking me up. I'm excited to let this show grow into more and more things. Because as much as I love my Bravo, I was getting... I get a little burnt out and sometimes want to expand. So let's see who I can try to pull in here for some guests. Maybe maybe I can get like a writer of the show. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, stay tuned, guys. And thank you to every, any and everyone who's already listening and just trusting a new show. I really appreciate it. Make sure you're following She Speaks It All Pod on Instagram. I am on TikTok as well, but I always forget to post there. But yeah, follow that too if you're on TikTok. And love you guys. Mean it. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to She Speaks It All, a podcast from the creator and host of She Speaks Bravo in partnership with Cloud 10 Media. Make sure you are following She Speaks It All pod on Instagram and TikTok. And of course, make sure you are subscribed or following this podcast. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. And if you want to support me, Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. Thanks, you guys. See you next time. Z. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.